We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 12th, 2018. And today we're going to be focusing in on pretty much the falling away of the church. It's going to be a, you know, like a dedicated study on that and, and a lot of um, evidence and how the church is actually helping to actually perpetuate and complicit in the child sex trafficking rings that we've talked about so much in times past. And it's not going to be conjecture. It's going to be proof that that is actually happening on a mass scale. And I'm not just talking about the Catholic Church. Um, and just the sad state of affairs that we find ourselves in regarding that whole thing. First report is churches going contemplative. Christianity for the rest of us. Um, a Lighthouse Trails reader, Lighthouse Trails has been around for about 15 years and they've put out a lot of cutting edge. They, they kind of specialize in these particular subjects um, regarding yoga and the contemplative church movement. And you can go up there just key in Lighthouse Trails and I, they've got a, uh, I think they've got a newsletter list you can get on. And um, it's, a, it's a good place to go if you're searching for any subject on that topic because they have a search bar and you can search for any article you want. And I, I think they have probably the best information out there. Most of the articles are all like highly referenced and have all kind of cross linkage. It's not anything that's you have to guess on if they're, you know, presenting is right. You, you can have a full link typically on everything they're saying to back it up. Anyway, it says a Lighthouse Trails reader sent us an article this week from a Pacific Northwest newspaper, and um, which, when you think of Pacific Northwest, you you would generally think it's going to be way more liberal anyway, describing how members of a local church are changing the way they practice church and view Christianity. Now, you have to understand, we can isolate this one thing and say, oh, this is just happening in this one area to this one church. This is taking place in mass across the world. And a lot in, you know, Europe and, and all, most likely all parts of the planet, but other areas at, at a higher rate. And, um, I mean, just the little times I look at, like, if I get a local newspaper um, from even in my town up here in North Carolina, I'll see stuff like this. Very, very, a lot of liberal uh, pastors writing articles and things of this nature and just total heretical garbage. But that's becoming more the norm now and it's palatable for the masses and um it's describing how members of a local church are changing the way they practice church and view christianity doing away with their traditional church methods and embracing what they call a contemplative approach the article states that they were inspired in part to go in this direction from reading diana butler bass um, her book entitled christianity for the rest of us it's no wonder uh, a church would head in a contemplative direction if congregants are turning to Butler Bass for spiritual nourishment. Uh, you may recall a Lighthouse Trails article in November 2015 about Diana Butler Bass titled, New Spirituality Teacher Says the Jig is Up to Those Who Believe in the Blood of the Lamb. I'm going to discuss this more. Bass is a contemplative proponent, and like so many of her contemplative constituents who wander into the contemplative prayer world, her views toward the cross, the cross of Christ, and the atonement uh, through Jesus Christ have become outright hostile. 
And those who adhere to the blood of the Lamb or who cling to the old rugged cross as are seen as the enemy and the hindrance to world peace and restoration. What it's a hindrance to is the coming one world religion under the Antichrist and false prophet. That's what it's really a hindrance to. So that has to be removed in order for the new world order to come into full view, in order to bring us into the tribulation period under Antichrist and false prophet. Every now and then, something comes along that presents our case in such a succinct and obvious way that we are compelled to share it with our readers, with the hope it will leave no question as to how serious the present situation is with regard to Christianity in the Western world. Religious author Diana Butler Bass, who was one of the speakers at the 2015 Parliament of World's Religions, okay, so we're talking pure evil, in Salt Lake City has written a book titled Christianity After Religion. So this is another book she wrote. Um, so it's entitled Christianity After Religion, The End of Church and the Birth of a New Spiritual Awakening Where Ye Shall Be as Gods, I added the last part in. Well, wasn't that the first temptation? Wasn't that the thing that caused Eve to sin? The temptation that the serpent gave to her in the Garden of Eden, you shall be as gods when you eat the, this fruit? And it's the same today. They're trying to take us from this old world order, which they say was dominated by Jesus, into the bold new world order, into the age of the dawning of the age of Aquarius, like that one song talks about. The new world order will, where we will be as gods. That's the carrot. That's the satanic carrot that they're putting out in front of really everyone in the church to try to get them to become reprobate to literally turn their back on Jesus Christ, to go into perdition like the Bible talks about, to leave your first love. That's the goal. So, um, in this book, she makes a stunning statement wh which says, conventional comforting Christianity, conventional comforting Christianity has failed. It does not work. I don't know why she would use the word comforting because true Christianity a lot of times is not very comforting. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? If you like read all the Bible, there's some, you know, there's some very sobering, scary stuff in there. Anyway, but she says it does not work. For the churches that insist on preaching it, the jig is up. We cannot go back and we should not want to. In early American awakenings, preachers extolled old-time religion as the answer to the questions about God, morality, and existence. Oh, they extol morality. Like, that's a bad thing. So I guess sodomy and raping little children and having sex with animals and having sex with your cousins and incest, that's fine, though, because, you know, that is the opposite of morality, right? I mean, honestly, think about what she's saying here. This awakening is different. It's not just about sawdust trails, mortification of sin, meaning putting to death the old man, and being washed in the blood of the Lamb, uh, which is the preaching of the cross. Uh, and again, that was added in by, the, uh, by Lighthouse Trails. Anyway, the awakening going on around us is not an evangelical revival. It is not returning to the faith of our fathers or recreating our grandparents' church. Instead, it is a great returning to ancient understandings of the human quest for the divine. <laughs> That's the great awakening where ye, the human quest for the divine. What is that? Ye shall be as gods. The first temptation that literally 
caused all this problem that we're in right now because that's where sin entered in, essentially. The first sin in the Bible. It's where this all got started, right then. And they're going right back to that same point in Genesis. So, it's a great returning to ancient understandings. Oh, like the mystics and egyptian stuff and all of the pagan pra- yes that's what it's all in reference to all the pagan practices all the anything that's that's non-christian related that's a direct quote from a book contrast this with second corinthians 5 18 through 21 which states in all things are of god who have reconciled us to himself by jesus christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation see we're reconciled to god by christ okay He's a propitiation, a propitiation for our sins. Okay, he paid the price on the cross for our sins, in other words. So we're, that's how we're reconciled. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, because he took them on himself on the cross, and hath committed unto us the word of re- reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For it, it's it's imploring us to be reconciled to God. Okay, for He hath made Him to be sin for us, meaning Christ. He made Him to be sin for us, the sinner, who knew no sin, because Christ knew no sin. He never sinned ever. Yet that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. I mean, that's a man. What an awesome verse! Praise the Lord. Anyway, going back to the report, it says, it could not be any more clear what's at stake here. The term, the jig is up, is a slang term that has a connotation of something being caught, someone being caught at doing something wrong. Meaning, let me remind you of what she said. Um, Christianity has failed. It does not work. For the church insists on preaching it. The jig is up. We cannot go back. We should not want to. Okay, and this is being this is basically being washed in the blood of the lamb and the cross and the whole nine yards. The jig is up. Meaning we the church has just preached this deception all these years and then hail Satan that this wonderful woman um named Diana Butler Bass comes along and writes these books to set us all straight. I mean, praise Satan for it, right? I mean, that's what the Satanists would be doing, right? I'm not, but that's what they'd be doing. You know, that's what they'd be doing. So going forward here, um, the jig is up as a slang term that has the connotation of someone being caught at doing something wrong. It has an intrinsically militant tone that is more or less saying, you're not going to get away with this any longer. By Butler Bass saying the jig is up, there is an underlying implication of a mounting consensus that backs up that statement, such as what Ray Youngin and others we know recently witnessed at the Parliament of World Religions, where 14,000 people attended and where clear animosity toward biblical Christians was prevalent. And you know what's really funny? They were the only animosity that was present. It wasn't present at Satanists or Luciferians or Buddhists or Zoroastrians or Muslims or any other false religion on the planet. It was only toward true Bible-believing Christians because they've got no problem with really the Catholics. See, the Catholics are all on board with them. They're all on that same train going down that one track to the one world religion. And most of them are yoked up with their 501c3 status, which further solidifies that whole yoking process. 
yoking yourself up with the government that gives you your right to exist as a religion under those IRS codes that you have to abide by if you want to keep your 501c3 status. You know? Inside Diana Bass Butler's book, uh, Butler Bass's book, um, that so openly rejects the cross and the atonement are the following glowing endorsements of people you have probably heard of. This is from Rob Bell, author of Love Wins. He says of this book, okay, now remember, this, these are the blasphemous quotes I just read you out of. He said of the same book, she's spot on, prophetic, compelling, the most important, hopeful. And then Richard Rohr of the Center for Action and Contemplation, author of Falling Upward, says, join her in rebuilding religion from the bottom up. Shane Claiborne, mentored by Tony Campolo, said she has a good nose to sniff out crappy religion, which would just be anybody that adheres to the Bible. That's crappy religion to these devils, to these devils that call evil good and good evil, okay, which is now becoming more the norm than anything else. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I believe that's 1 Timothy 4 1. So that's just the norm now, though. That's the norm. That's the norm in your 501c3 church, pretty much. Not saying all of them, but, you know, it's kind of getting that way. It's not moving in the right direction, as far as I can see. Um, and the Bible didn't predict what it was going to be. It predicted there was going to be a falling away in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. What is truth? Wasn't that asked to Jesus? What is truth? Thy word is truth. The word of God. So make sure you're reading the right word of God in the English speaking language, the King James Bible. And um, because, you know, you have all your other perversions out there, like the NIV, which has literally 64,098 less words than the KJV. But, you know, there's no difference. Okay, right. Um, anyway, if you want to know more about that, just key in KJV or King James in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and have done tons of studies on that. Um, you know, make sure you're reading the right Bible and make sure you're not putting your trust in man because the Bible says, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and, and that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Don't put your trust in man. Don't don't just go by, oh, if it feels right, you know, I go to one of these churches and I feel so lovey-dovey and all this other stuff and, and I'm, I'm, I'm floating on cloud nine and the preacher's tickling my ears with all these, you know, wonderful sayings. Well, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, remember. So you don't put your trust in man. You don't trust in your own heart. Unless your heart, what your heart is telling you is lining up with the word of God. You know? And there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 24. Okay, so there is a way which seemeth right, and all of this stuff that we're talking about today appeals to that fleshly heart desire because the word of God, like I said, is not something that, you I mean, if you read from cover to cover and you go in, especially a lot with the, uh, the New Testament, there's a lot of stuff in there that your flesh is not going to like. Tons of stuff that offends 
people like this so they so therefore they justify in their own minds okay well i'm going to invent my own religion which is what we're talking about here there is a way which seemeth right well this seems right to me but the end they're over the ways of death you're just going to wind up in hellfire and they get thrown into the lake of fire afterward which is like as serious as it possibly could ever get i think a lot of these people, I would say, don't even believe in, in the God of the Bible. They, they've invented their own religion. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool in Proverbs. So there's all these Bible verses that warns us against this, that warns us, no, just trust the word of God. Well, then we always hear, well, the truth shall make you free. The Bible says, if you continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free i i literally i can't even remember last time i ever heard anybody quote that full verse and say it's predicated on the first part of the verse in order to get the in order to get the next part the truth shall make you free well it's predicated on doing the first part which 99% of the people in the world probably aren't doing and i'm not saying that cuz i think i'm perfect i'm just saying it kind of what i observe you know, I don't do it enough. You know, I don't follow the word of God enough, I'm sure, in God's eyes. I fall woefully short in God's eyes every single day. I am fully aware of what a wretch of a man that I am for every single day. And I'm not even fully aware from God's standpoint because he's perfect and I'm sure he's seeing stuff I don't even see. That's why the Bible says, cleanse me of presumptuous sins that I might not sin against thee because presumptuous sins are sins that you are presuming aren't sins you're presuming they're not but they are in god's eyes so cleanse me of presumptuous sins you know that they would not have this dominion over me and i think that's the case for a lot of us and i'm sure it is for including myself again i'm not up on a high horse i'm not saying i'm mr perfect over here um but anyway, let's go further. Um, so Shane Claiborne, mentored by Tony Camboa, says she has a good nose to sniff out crappy religion. She, but she also has the eyes to see new life budding from the compost of Christendom. So the manure of Christendom, meaning the old time religion, meaning basically following the word of God, that's the manure of Christendom in this disgusting pig devil's mind. That's how darkened his own mind is. And this is becoming the norm. Um, a guy named Parker Palmer says, Diana Butler Bass has a keen eye for what's happening in the Christian world these days. I mean, can you, good Lord, I can't even comprehend this. So keen, she's able to see through the bad news for the good news that is emerging. Oh yeah, right. The one world religion under Antichrist and a false prophet. That's the good news. But that's what they're going to say is the good news. That's what they're going to... No, this is the real good news. All of us coming together in unity, in one, laying aside all doctrine. Baptists, Muslims, Buddhists, all of us together, united in one, every world religion. That's what the Bible said is, is going to happen. And we're seeing it right before our eyes. Um... A guy named Marcus Borg says, Bass is one of our foremost commentators in the 21st century Christianity. I mean, good Can you believe this garbage? A guy named Brian McLaren, author of A New Kind of Christianity and Naked Spirituality. Nice name. 
I expect and hope that this will be a must-read church book for every Christian leader, clergy and lay person, for years to come, says Satan. I mean, Brian D. McLaren. Oh, Satan says that too, sorry. We hope our readers will pass this information on to many they know and pray it may jolt quite a number of people out of the complacency or even skepticism into the realization of what we've been reporting on these past nearly 14 years that is occurring. Yeah, and in my ministry, you know, I've been in full-time since kind of, I mean, I would say 2006, so, I don't know, like 12 years for me. Um, this is absolute confirmation of everything I've ever reported on. I mean, not everything, but in totality, the movement and all the reports I've done, yes, it's a confirmation of that. What Butler Bass refers to is the ancient understandings of the human quest for the divine is what the Apostle Paul called the mystery of iniquity in 2 Thessalonians 2.7. I think it's, that is, yes, that's it in part. This is in part where man is deceived by evil spirits into believing that man is God. And when it comes to preaching of the cross, um, Diana Butler Bass, Marcus Borg, Brian McLaren, Richard Rohr, Shane Claiborne are all wrong. On the contrary to what they believe, the preaching of the cross does work. People are reconciled to God when they are washed in the blood of the Lamb. In other words, um, in other words, they're not just wrong, they're terribly, tragically wrong. But they're doing it on purpose. I think a lot of them are just Satanists and Luciferians that are implanted in the church doing this on purpose to lead people into hell. I mean, I'm not going to give them all this credit where they're just deceived people. No, I don't believe the people at the top most likely are deceived. They're, they're most likely, this is an absolute total game plan that they're implementing. They're sent forth by Satan to accomplish this. And what does the Bible say? Galatians 1.8, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we preached unto you, let him be accursed. So that's what... That is what the Bible says about people like this that are preaching another gospel. Let them be accursed. And then the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, and they, which are the saints of Jesus Christ, overcame him, meaning Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. See, but that's hard preaching. Nobody wants to hear that now. Nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff. But that's what the Bible says. Sorry, it's not my fault. It says that. I'm not talking to my listeners, just people in general. All right, then the next report. Together 2018, a new Jesus movement for a mystical, all-inclusive Christianity. Nick Hall's Together event is back again from October 21st, 20th to 21st. I guess this year as Together 2018, okay, it already happened, at the Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, Texas, which can hold about half a million people. On the event's Facebook page, it reads... You love Matt Chandler? Do you love him? See him and many more for free on October 20th through 21st as we bring the nation together for an event that we believe will spark another Jesus movement. Join us for the free event at the Texas Motor Speedway in Dallas-Fort Worth area to um, as we move closer to Jesus and the world around us. On the promotional video... On the Facebook page, it calls this effort a new Jesus movement, obviously referring to the Jesus movement of the 1970s. On the promotional video below, it lists the lineup of speakers and musicians, which includes a conglomeration of popular evangelical and charismatic celebrities, including Bethel Music from Bill Johnson's extreme charismatic contemplative Bethel Church, 
Uh, also, Jesus Culture, which is an offshoot of Bethel Church, Hillsong. I could do a whole study on Hillsong. Francis Chan, who recently said God was going to kill those who criticize Christian leaders, meaning the apostate Christian leaders. Priscilla Shire, a longtime strong advocate for contemplative prayer. And her father, Tony Evans, and Robbie Zacharias, who will share a platform with anyone in order to share his message, which is, you know, obviously totally biblical. And Lauren Cunningham, founder of YWAM, who recently announced it wanted all YWAMers, Youth with a Mission, I believe is what that's for, uh, which kind of goes toward the young people. Anyway, they re recently announced that they want all YWAMers to practice contemplative prayer which is one of the way, main ways you get demons into you. It's basically a trans, transcendental meditation type prayer, which is what the Beatles brought in to this country in mass or introduced America to in mass during the, what, I don't know, late 60s or whenever they were popular. And they brought in their gurus in, in their contemplative prayer, and they had Aleister Crowley as one of their most popular people on the back of one of their al album covers, and, you know, their music was absolutely satanic. And, um, you know... Anyway, but that's that's that has a lot to do with contemplative prayer, transcendental meditation. Anyway, according to an article on RNS announcing to the together 2018, the aim is to promote unity and lift up the name of Jesus. Unity. And we're going to talk a lot about unity. In an age defined by division that often labels us as those who are for or against politics, issues, and each other, Jesus invites us all to move closer. Says Nick Hall, Pulse founder and evangelist. Evangelist, that's good. Evangelist. The last Together event took place in 2016. Lighthouse Trails wrote about it on an article entitled Dress Rehearsal for False Revival, Evangelical Charismatic Emerging Leaders and Pope Francis Unite for Together 2016 in Washington, D.C. The basic premise of this and other similar events happening throughout evangelical charismatic Christianity today is the only way the world is going to see Jesus is if all is if every is if all things and every person identifying as Christian unify regardless of doctrines and beliefs. No, that's the only way we're going to see false the, the false um, uh, prophet and the antichrist. But see, that's who they believe Jesus is going to be. You know, most likely the antichrist is going to claim to be. Well, Maitreya claims to be everything rolled up into one. He claims to be, you know, Jesus and the the fifth buddha to the buddhists and the krishna to the hindus and and you know everything wrapped up the christ to the christians and the messiah to the jews all wrapped up into one because you have to have somebody that's going to be able to reconcile all world religions kind of in one package most likely i don't see how you unite all world religions without that now i'm not saying matreya has got to be the antichrist but i think he's a likely candidate and i've done a ton of teachings on him in the past not so much lately but in the past and um anyway let's go further here uh in fact doctrine stands in the way of unity and must be laid to the sidelines that's what they believe this is how nick hall was able to include the pope in together 2016 and that is the only way to have this all-inclusive mass unity take place catholic mystic thomas merton explained how this could happen during a conversation with a Sufi Islamic mystic leader, Merton acknowledged that unity and fellowship could never happen if doctrine, such as the cross, meaning the cross of Jesus Christ, he said, was given precedence. See, that's all they care about is Christianity. There's no other religion that's going to go and say, well, you can't do this. 
no, no, they're all going to say it's all inclusive and it's all fine. So when that, when I read that, um, this fellowship could never happen if doctrine such as the cross, he said, was given precedence. So when I read that, these Bible verses, you know, I did a keyword search and these Bible verses came up. For Christ sent me, oh, 1 Corinthians 1.17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect, which is exactly what all these world religions want to do. They want to negate the cross. They want to tell you that Jesus never even came here, or that if he did, he had sex with Mary Magdalene, and he was whisked off the cross. He was never really crucified. If he was never really crucified, then he never paid the sin debt, and then he never rose again the third day. You know, and, and all the stuff that transpired about that death, burial, and resurrection—none of that happened. But there's a lot of there's a lot of sources out there, and you know, that will say that Mary, Mary Magdalene started the Merovingian bloodline, which is one of the main bloodlines of the Illuminati. You know, there's all these different theories, but a lot of it is to absolutely, totally discredit Jesus Christ. Then there's the ascended master thing, which says, well, Jesus Christ, yeah, he was an ascended master. He was one of the lesser ones, and he's one of us. And he's going to be under Lord Maitreya when he comes back, or whatever ascended masters come back. Sanat Kumara, Maitreya, there's a, a whole plethora of them. Going to most likely be disguised when they come back in the whole UFO alien invasion. They're going to come back and, and, you know, basically offer to humanity, we're the best things since sliced bread, we created you, you're a little science project, but you've messed things up so bad, we got to come back and police our little science project, and you've got everything messed up, especially Christianity, and you need to listen to us. That's most likely what's coming, and that's been predicted. It's been predicted by a number of different sources, even secular. I've done tons of teachings which confirm that. Just key an alien or UFO, and you can find those. I, I got another big one that I need to be doing. So much material locked and loaded, it's just trying to find the time to get to it all. So, um, if, okay, so it says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to use these supposed words of wisdom, these tickling your ears, this, this false garbage in order to make the cross of Christ of none effect, to get you away from Christianity or any real semblance of it and get you into that new world order unity type of religion uh, and then the next verse says for the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness so the preaching of the cross to them that are perishing is foolishness okay and this is why they reject it because they want to be their own gods they want to have their own religion they don't want to be held accountable to any god is really what it all boils down to at the end of the day and they don't want to be told what to do. So to them, this preaching of the cross is foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. But remember, they want to do away with the cross. Galatians 6.12, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. And again, this is in reference to um, Jews wanting, I really believe more so Gentiles, that were being preached to the gospel after jesus christ came they wanted them to be circumcised because they wanted to bring them back under the law and just read the whole book of galatians if you want to know more about that there's a lot to be said about that in romans too but galatians and romans i mean you know it's about their desire of in this particular case like the levitical 
Jews that were striving to still be under the law, wanting to bring others into that same law. Gentiles that were never even called to it. But it says, as many desire to make a, sh a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. They want you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Um, when you preach the cross of Christ and you live by that, most likely you're going to suffer persecution at some time of your life as a result of it. They didn't want to suffer persecution. These people that are going against the cross of Christ that we're talking about, they don't want to suffer for any persecution from it so they're just going to demonize it they're going to reject it they're going to call it foolishness because their minds are darkened but god forbid that i should glory save in the cross of our lord jesus christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and i into the world <clears throat> excuse me ephesians 2 16 and that he might reconcile both unto god in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby so this is how we're reconciled. Remember we talked about reconciliation before in that verse in Corinthians? Well, and that he might reconcile both unto God into one body by the cross. That's how we're reconciled is through the death, burial, and resurrection, but through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's how we're reconciled to God. Going back to this report, it says, Merton said the only way inner spiritual unity could take place is through mysticism. My words. Yeah. Let's get real mystic. I I kind of want to be a swami, you know. I want to wear one of those swami hats and kind of walk around and act mystical. I think it'd be a good look for me. I, I don't know. And just I'm throwing that out there to my listeners. I don't know. What, what do you think? Anyway, Tony Camp Campolo in his book Speaking My Mind said the same thing. When you consider that a large number of celebrities speaking or singing at the Together 2018 are contemplative mysticism advocates, and again, we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, according to Corinthians, okay? We're not, you know, for what concord hath Christ with Belial, meaning the devil. When you yoke yourself up with unbelievers, especially in a religious setting, you know, <laughs> you are... You are doing something the Bible absolutely forbids, and you're going to be opening yourself up to demonic infestation and deception. If you're in the wrong church, it's the same thing. You know, you're under some 501c3 pastor that's preaching some lukewarm message or whatever, wanting to go contemplate or bringing yoga into the church or whatever, or whatever other worldly things. You could have went in there being the most sound-minded Christian in the world, but if you stay under that, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect you on a spiritual level. And things that you would have never, ever done or thought about, you might start, those thoughts might start creeping in your mind. That, oh, I guess it's okay to do this, you know, because my pastor's saying it, and he's obviously a man of God. No, compare what he's doing with the Bible to actually, you know, see if he's really a man of God. Um, let me read that last sentence again. When you consider the large number of celebrities speaking or singing it together 2018 or contemplative mysticism advocates, it's easy to see that the underlying current for this event will draw some of the same fountain from which M Merton drew. While doctrine is not equivalent to faith, it is the framework of our faith, and without it there is no Christian faith, but rather a watered-down, grayed-out, false religious movement led by another Jesus. 
Yes, very much so. And then, okay, so we're just progressing on here. Here's the next report. Kenneth Copeland, uh, Satanist, I should say, sorry. Satanist, Kenneth Copeland, um, and minister, Christian pastor minister, who has his own airport and his own collection of Harley-Davidson, gigantic collection of Harley-Davidson bikes and brags about being a billionaire. Billionaire. He's had a, over a billion dollars coming to this ministry, and that was years ago. Years ago brags i've i've put out the clips i've i've played them before i've i've done he's he's i mean literally the guy if you can't i mean every time i see him all i can think of him is in one of those black robes with one of those ritualistic uh afami daggers where they you know cut the babies up and stuff well that that's kind of how i picture him because i can totally see that cat doing it he's pure evil and as many readers may remember into the 2014 Word of Faith preacher, Kenneth Copeland invited the Anglican priest, Tony Palmer, to speak to his congregation. We're going to hear some of it. Palmer, who, does, who died in a motorcycle accident a few months later, was an evan, uh, evangelist for Pope Francis to convince leaders in the Protestant church that the Reformation was over and that there was no longer any need for division between the Roman Catholic Church whore mother whore and the protestant church so she wants to bring all the little chicks the mother whore wants to bring all the little chicks back under her wing okay again that's part of the bringing us together into the one world religion under antichrist during that particular meeting at copeland's church palmer played a video clip from pope francis who greeted copeland's congregation and encouraged them to unite incidentally Palmer also shared a similar message of unity on James Robeson's TV show during the same time period. So if we fast forward to fall of 2017, where Kenneth Copeland reiterated what Palmer and the Pope were conveying, and there's a link to that, in the video, Copeland is clearly carrying on Tony Palmer's message that there's no longer a need for the Protestant church to be separated from the Catholic church. As Ray Youngen points out in his book, Simple Answers, many evangelical leaders including Rick Warren and Beth Moore. We've done tons of reports on Rick Warren. And again, if you want to know about any of these subjects, just go to the contendingfortruth.com, key in any, just one word is typically all you need, or two at most, and key that in in the keyword search box there, and it's going to search like 2,000 of my teachings, over the 2,000 plus, I don't even know how many there are now, on the website, and you'll see where I did an audio, and there's probably most likely going to be a PDF that goes along with it. To have all the documentation right there at your fingertips. And it's all for free. It's all for free. Um, anyway, going further. Um, so anyway, Ray Young points out in his book, Simple Answers, many evangelical leaders, including Rick Warren and Beth Moore, are doing their part to convince Christians that the Catholic Church is part of the true church. If this is accurate, then Jesus Christ can be found in the wafer, which is the Eucharist. And all Christians who are not Catholics do not have the life of Christ in them because according to Catholic doctrine, they can only, that can only be accomplished through the Eucharist, which is the focal point of Catholicism. Well, they believe that the priests, through the process of, the priests are given this power, this witchcraft power, called transubstantiation, where they have the literal power to turn the Catholic communion host and the wine into the literal, not figurative but literal body and blood of jesus christ and that is why you have to keep going to mass over and over again because you have to keep reatoning for your sins over and over again because remember you're earning your way to heaven and that whole process it's just one part of it you've got like all the catechisms and all the other stuff you have to keep 
But this is one of the primary central focuses to keep you coming back every week because, and this is not the Lord's Supper. This is a whole other different deal of witchcraft where they believe they have the, the power to turn the Catholic communion host and the wine into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ who is continually re-sacrificed on the cross over and over and over again in every Catholic church wherever this is practiced over and over again, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. It's witchcraft. But that's what they believe. And that's just one of the unbelievable pagan evil things that Catholics practice. I mean, idolatry, they bow down to idols all day long, sell idols, which were commanded not to do in the Ten Commandments. But they took that one out. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, the Catholics literally took that commandment out of their Ten Commandments. And they split, I think they split like the ninth one in half. Key, just key it in. Just key in. Catholics split the Ten Commandments. Or, you know, they took the Catholic. Just do a keyword search on YouTube. You'll find it. I've done studies on it as well. Um, anyway, also keep in mind that from the Catholic perspective, the Catholic Church is the only one true church, and all Protestants are the lost brethren. So the only way we could unify with Catholicism is for Protestants to become Catholic. Yeah, that's the only way it's going to happen. And remember, the Pope said he's ready to baptize aliens when they come back and make their big debut. So we're going to be, if you're a part of that whole Catholic movement, you're going to be, you know, the Catholic horde. That You're going to also have your brethren as the aliens when they come back. The stinking Nephilim, which is essentially what most likely they are in some way, shape, or form. Go, go to church and, and worship with the Nephilim right next to you. Take, take the Catholic communion host and the wine with the Nephilim front and rear. They'll, they won't have a problem doing it. Um, some may think that such a unification could never happen, but as Jungin points out in his book, Time, A Time of Departing, global spiritual unification is happening in the mystical realm via contemplative prayer, centering prayer, mindfulness, meditation, and I would add in yoga as well. And I've done teachings on yoga as well in the church, just key in yoga in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. For countless Christians, including many leaders, who at one time would have never considered uniting with the Catholic Church, they now see this as a viable path as they embrace contemplative prayer and have allowed doctrine to be superseded by mystical experiences. Now is a perfect opportunity for this to happen as the current Pope has shown his new spirituality, new age affinities, such as proposing a new beatitude that believes God is in everyone. Oh, isn't that, you should be as gods? Yeah, well, that's the new beatitude. That he's going to add to the word of God. And what does the Bible say about that? The very, very end of the Bible in Revelation. If you add to the word of God, the plagues that are in this book are going to be added to you. If you take away from the word of God, you're going to get your, your name taken out of the book of life. You're going to have no chance, in other words, to get saved. So that's what it says. It's, the Bible's not something you really want to mess around with. So I'm going to play this clip here. Let's, but before I play the clip, though, let's just read a couple quotes from good old Kenneth Copeland. From times past this is in 1989 he said this and um it's called following the faith of abraham on his audio tape the audio tape number 01-3001 side one he said on this audio tape that uh, adam was god manifest in the flesh he said quote god's reason for creating adam was his desire to reproduce himself now i understand the bible says we are created in god's image but it doesn't say we're god Okay, big difference. And then he goes on to say, I mean, not a reproduction of himself. And in the Garden of Eden, he did just that. 
He was not a little like God. He was not almost like God. He was not support. He was not even subordinate to God. Adam is as much like God as you could get just the same as Jesus. So he's elevating Adam to literally the same as God the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and Adam. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. But see, when you got a Satanist like up, like Kenneth Copeland up there teaching doctrine, um, you know, this is what you get. You know, I, that, that wasn't too long ago. I heard that, that another report of um, what they were doing under Oral Roberts University where they would get Billy Graham together, Kenneth Copeland, and Oral Roberts, and they would go under there and they would, and this was evidently well known by a lot of the Satanists and this is all coming out now. And I, I covered this in the, uh, the recent thing I did on Franklin Graham when he went to Voodoo Donuts and was proudly putting the pictures of him going to Voodoo Donuts, which they have the most wicked evil donuts there you could possibly imagine. It's literally a pedophore, pedophile um, um, smuggling a child sex trafficking center. It's literally a hub for that. There's literally underground tunnels that are well known that go under that. And Franklin Graham, Graham went there. And all this stuff started coming out more about Franklin Graham and about Billy Graham molesting people, molesting um, children and stuff. And um, remember, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. You're, you're not going to have the world honoring somebody like Billy Graham and him being a real true born-again Christian. I'm sorry. There may be at one time he was, but he sold out a long, long time ago from what I heard. When William Randolph Hearst told, um, told all of his newspapers to, quote, puff him, meaning puff him up and he started yoking himself up with the catholic church and started you know sending people back to the catholic church and started uniting and then all of his other wishy-washy just came billy graham and the keyword search it contending for truth.com i've done all studies on him exposing him but the the report i'd heard out come out recently is billy graham or roberts and kenneth copeland would go down underneath or roberts university and um they would have babies that were scheduled for human sacrifice and i'm telling you all all these major major religious leaders like in tbn and these major ones like kenneth copeland and benny hinn and all i'm telling you i can almost guarantee they're all into this i proved a long time ago these guys were satanists long time ago there was that tape that i had said the 20 hours of footage where i think it's still up on the internet my listener put it up i had like one of the last copies in existence i sent it to europe so he could repost it and it got up there. Um, man, I forget the name of it. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I found it. It's still up there. Um, it's called Exposed, the Toronto Blessing. Um, and I believe the on, on the tapes that I had was the Toronto Blessing Unmasked. And um, there's other, ver I think there's other people that might have posted it as well. But it's it's 21 parts. And uh, it's, I think they're like 15-minute parts. It's a long, it's, it's a lot. And um, he posted it a long, we got him posted a long time ago. Anyway, it just goes in there and it shows you, they like slow down the tongues, they reverse the tongues, they say, you kind of hear what they're saying off camera, and literally they're hailing Satan. When Sometimes when you slow down the tongues, you reverse them, or you hear what they say off camera, or, or even during camera, they'll, they'll slip in stuff about Satan. And this is Kenneth Copeland, Rodney Howard Brown, who I know is now is a lot on Alex Jones's channel, um, uh, you name it, or Oral Roberts, um, uh, Hagen, 
uh, Benny Hinn, uh, you name it. Now, granted, this is this is not these are guys that are still in the game, but they've been around a long time, and they're not maybe as as hip and up on as far as like a lot of the new apostates that have come on the scene. But this is what I when I got saved, this is what I was researching a lot, and this is one of the things that uh, brought me out of the charismatic church was was these tapes that I got them, and I I literally played them to like ten different people in my Bible study and. They all came out of the charismatic church with me and they didn't want to know about the King James Bible and they didn't want to know about this other stuff. And But within about one to two years, they were all back in it because it has such a massive pull on the flesh. They all went back to it. Like the Bible says, the dog returns to its own vomit, you know, and the sound of the wire wallowing in the mire. And I'm not saying that because I'm better. I'm just saying that I, I can't imagine going back into that, knowing what I had been shown knowing the level of truth I had been shown and still going back into it, you know. Anyway, I posted the link here in the PDF and it's entitled Expose the Toronto Blessing. I'll probably put it in the title just so you'll know about where it's at, okay. But um, anyway, he, he goes on with this quote to say he was not supported to God even. Adam is as much like God as you could get, just as the same as Jesus. Adam in the Garden of Eden was God manifested in the flesh? Oh my word. It does say in, in Genesis 1, yes, come let us make man in our image. Okay. Meaning God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's why it said our image. Okay. But it never said that it was an image. It never said he was God. And this is what Kenneth Copeland said all the way back in 1989. And then here's another quote. And I've got quote after quote from the guy. I've got a whole file on him that I can send, you can email me if you want to know more and the, use the contact box at contendingfortruth.com. Now you email your whole big old file on on Kenneth and it's not really even up to date that much. I mean, I, I, there, if, if it was up to date, I don't know, it'd probably be 50, 100 pages. But it's just a lot of stuff that's easily documentable on the guy. Uh, he also said, God is the greatest failure in the universe. Where did he say that? He said that Praise-a-thon program on TBN Trinity Broadcasting, April of 1988, he said, quote, I was shocked when I find out who the biggest failure in the Bible actually is. The biggest one is God. I mean, he lost his top ranking. He lost his top ranking. How did, how did that happen? Anyway, he lost his top ranking. Oh, he lost his top ranking most anointed angel, meaning Lucifer, who Kenneth Copeland worships and follows. Uh... The he, he also lost the first man he ever created, the first woman he ever created, the whole earth and all the fullness therein, even though the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. The Bible does say that. Okay. He didn't lose it. Then he said a third of the angels, he lost that. At least that, at, he lost a third of the angels at least. That's a big loss, man. Now, the reason you don't think God is a failure, failure is he never said he's a failure. And you're not a failure till you say you're not, till you say you're one. Okay, whatever kind of weird, twisted, satanic logic that is. I just wanted to give you a little more more of a preview on good old uh, baby eating, child sacrificing. Oh, and another thing that that I, they said that they did with the baby, so the baby wouldn't squirm or be able to move. They would inject the baby with some kind of drug that where the baby was paralyzed, so they could cut into the baby and it wouldn't be squirming around, and they they could have more precision on their cuts. 
I'm not holding back on any of this stuff. I just not. And this is why I know my subscriber list has went down and stuff like this. You know what? I'm not holding back on any of this stuff. I, my, my life is not a popularity contest. I'm telling you, these, these devils are Satanists. Almost every single major denomination at the head of those denominations, Assembly of God, Church of Christ, Lutheran, I don't care who they are, Satanists have been prepositioned into those positions on purpose by design. And this is why in the Bible, all you really ever saw in the New Testament were local churches that didn't have like this governing body over them they couldn't control everybody from the top down because that's not biblical. None of that's biblical. It's also not biblical. Denominations aren't biblical at all. In fact, the Bible talks against it in Romans. It says, one saith I am of Apollos. One saith I am of Paul, meaning Paul is the one that led me to the Lord. Apollos is the one that led me to the Lord. Whatever. But then it says, is God divided? Is Jesus basically divided? No. So denominations aren't biblical at all. Okay. 501c3 status, yoking yourself up with the government is not biblical at all. These big governing bodies where you have, you know, some big governing church body where you have all these Satanists at the top controlling everything from the top down, that's not biblical at all. So nothing that the church is really doing is biblical. So if I get heat over the fact that I'm not attending one of these 501c3 churches controlled by some denomination, reading a false Bible... That's a 501c3 corporation that literally got the right to exist from the IRS and the government. Oh, well, if I take heat for that, oh, well. I don't see any Bible for being part of those institutions, especially the way things are moving. I'm not condemning people that are going to churches. I'm just saying that there's a lot to think about there. A lot to pray about. I'm going to play this clip of Tony Palmer going to Kenneth Copeland's church. This is the Patience of the Saints Ministries. Greetings, everyone. So today I want to bring your attention to a very significant event that has just transpired recently. A bishop named Tony Palmer, a good friend of the current Pope Francis, claims that he has come in the power of Elijah to bring people together under the unity of faith and reconciliation. Okay, so this is the Catholic priest that the Pope has went, sent, he sent forth in order to unite all the world's religions. And we'll see how, if he was son of the spirit of Elijah, boy, he shouldn't have a very long go at it because he died horrifically in like a, was it like a motorcycle accident, like a few months after all this. Maybe God was trying to tell um, the Catholic Church, maybe he's trying to give him a little message there, you know, on that. But, um, yeah, so I wanted just to preface that. In other words, his aim is to bring people under a united front, a united world Christian faith. And here, and if you're watching the video, you're seeing him at Kenneth Copeland's gigantic church, palatial, gigantic church, preaching in front of all of them. He's got the, the, the Catholic, the, he's wear, dressed in black with the Catholic collar on, the whole nine yards, and they're just eating all this up like pig slop. I'm sorry, but, you know, it's pretty much what's going on see here he is making his message to a group of charismatic speakers and protestant speakers as well and one of these speakers is his good friend and very popular charismatic speaker kenneth copeland now, here it shows them embracing the satanist kenneth copeland and most likely the satanist tony palmer 
Um, because they're, listen, I'm telling you, at this level, <laughs> they got the secret handshakes. They got the Luciferian stuff. They're probably, up, most of them are high-level Freemasons. They're bonded in a lot different way than, than the average Christian understands. And they're, they're carrying out a program, and they're doing it by design, on purpose, serving Lucifer, all the while trying to look like they're, you know, Mary had a little lamb and Snow White and Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm all rolled up into one. And literally, they're all wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, the Bible says it's no marvel that his ministers, meaning Satan's ministers, can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Meaning, they appear as ministers of righteousness, but inwardly, they're ravening wolves. Watch of the whole speech that this um, bishop had committed, and there was a lot of things that I wanted to cover because when I saw this presentation, literally my antennas started to spring up because the, the significance of this speech has a very sound prophetic utterance. So what I want to do in this video is show how, how, how significant it is for us to understand the certain lessons that are being put out. Now obviously I can't cover every single aspect of this video because it's over 30 minutes but I want to bring out some very serious points. Reason being is because prophecy is fast fulfilling and the things demonstrated in this video show exactly how things are being fulfilled. So though I can't really cover every single aspect of this video, I'm going to cover three main points in this video because I believe these three points kind of summarizes the whole aspect of this video and the whole message that it brings out. So the first point is... Listen to it. I'm reading verbatim from the Catholic Vatican website. Justification means that Christ himself is our righteousness, in which we share through the Holy Spirit in accord with the will of the Father. To, together we Catholics and Protestants, Lutherans, believe and confess that by grace alone, in faith in Christ's saving works, and not because of any merit on our part, we are accepted by God and receive the Holy Spirit who renews our hearts while equipping and calling us to good works. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, Luther's protest is over. Is yours. There's a challenge for you. So the protest has been over for 15 years. And I get a bit cheeky here because I challenge my Protestant pastor friends. If there is no more protest, how can there be a Protestant church? Maybe we now we're all Catholics again. The second point in his video is when he said, the glory that the Father had, he gave to Jesus. The glory was the presence of God. What is the charismatic renewal? It's when we experience the presence of God. And he said, and I give them the glory. Now, remember, if you recall, when I was in the charismatic church, and the Lord's bringing all these things to my mind as, as I'm listening to this, um, there's a sect of charismatics called charismatic Catholics. Now, this was, you can't understand, this was like, this was back in like 98 it's like 20 years ago and i had this bible study in this charismatic church i was in and um i mean it was really unqualified from a biblical standpoint i was kind of a baby christian and but because i was a doctor and all this other stuff they kind of elevated and they saw i had a lot of zeal a lot of it was misplaced and i admit that 
But God did show me a lot in that time I was in there and had this guy in my Bible study and um, he was a charismatic Catholic and he would come to my Bible study. He wouldn't come, I, most of the time, I don't think he would come to the normal services, um, but he would come to my Bible study and I can remember that the moment I ever broached the subject of Catholicism, he was gone and never saw him again because he didn't want to hear anything. All he cared about is whatever common ground we had as being charismatics, meaning it was more of a mystical kind of tongue speaking type of thing with the charismatics movement I was in and the, and the Catholic charismatics as well. Now, I would venture to say that this was most likely very much false tongues. You know, Bible talks a lot about tongues and a lot of people say, oh, there's no application for that today, but I really don't see that in the Bible. But again, though, there's a lot of false tongues. From what I think that's way, way, way more the norm than, in there, than it is anything else. So it's something that, you know, it's kind of a dicey area regarding that because you don't know exactly what you're saying unless you have an interpreter and that and again can you entrust the interpreter and is it done in a biblical setting and that's a whole other ball of wax okay but i think this is the reason why this tony palmer went to kenneth copeland in that sect of christianity the charismatics because they have the most common ground really of of almost um any of the what they would refer to as protestant denominations the charismatic catholics and the charismatic christians have the most common ground and i think that's why he chose to reach out to them first pragmatic reason so that they may be one it's the glory that glues us together not the doctrines it's the glory if you accept that Christ is living in me and the presence of God is in me and the presence of God is in you, that's all we need. Because God will sort out all our doctrines when we get upstairs. And the third point in this video is when he introduced this. I believe that God has brought me here to this year's Ministers Conference in the spirit of Elijah. Let me explain. If you look carefully, the spirit of Elijah was on John the Baptist to turn the hearts of the sons to the fathers and to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons to prepare the way for the Lord and we know that prophecy always has a double fulfillment and we know that Elijah will come before the second coming as well and I've understood that the spirit of Elijah is the spirit of reconciliation to return hearts to each other is very important okay so let's start with point number one now in his very first point um he kind of gives a very very convincing speech based upon the fact that we need to come under the banner of unity he mentions that in the past um the protestant movement believed that we are saved by grace through faith alone while the catholic church believed that we are saved by good works but he mentions that in the year 1999 the lutheran church as well as the methodist church and other churches they came to the agreement that though we are based on faith alone, that we are safe through faith, we are enabled then to do good works. So in other words, put in saved by faith and also good works together. Now the question I needed to ask myself was this, is there anything wrong with this understanding? Well, no. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. 
for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So there's nothing wrong with saying that grace and works come together because we see that biblically that's how it is. Okay, but again, that's very, very uh, dicey. You, you want to really make sure you're rightly dividing the word of truth there. And good works follow faith. Absolutely. And they should. But good works are not what save you. But is it evidence of your salvation? Sure. Sure. But if you're pointing, if you get before God and you, and you just point to your good works and say, that's why I'm saved. He's like, well, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? What did you, did you ever get saved to do those good works? Meaning they were, you know, because all our righteousness apart from Christ, according to the Bible is as filthy rags. Okay. So anything we're doing apart from Jesus Christ is like a filthy rag in God's eyes because we're trying to earn our way to heaven. Okay. So good works follow converting salvation faith okay i just want to i just wanted to interject that because that's a super important thing and i don't think he's being clear enough on that but this is the question was the protest only based upon justification by faith no if you notice the meaning the protest meaning the protestant meaning protest that's why they're called protestants okay was the protest just about this one doctrine and this is what he's going to talk about former martin luther he nailed 95 theses on the church of wittenberg and the topic of salvation through faith was only one of those theses so there are still a lot of things that need to be corrected and answered based upon unity on these grounds and it also seems that the people who run these churches such as the lutheran church and the methodist church they should have done a bit more thorough investigation based upon what they're signing. And so in this video, the whole crowd or the whole congregation, you can see them eating up this subterfuge and is completely blinded by the true agenda. And so that brings us okay. to part two of... Okay, now, <clears throat> and that's a good segue here, because as soon as um, I heard this guy speaking, sounded real good, right? What A lot of the stuff he was saying, this Tony Palmer guy, this Catholic priest, sounded, sounded pretty good. A lot of the stuff he's saying. But you have to understand all of the baggage that's connected with it. All of the Catholic garbage and, and yoking up and ecumenical and one world religion literally coming under false Christ and antichrist. I mean, why doesn't he expose his own pedophile priesthood? Why doesn't he expose all the idolatry going on and all the other heretical things going on in the Catholic Church? Because we just need to set aside doctrine and I need to speak great. The, what came into my mind was great swelling words. Where's that in the Bible? Let's read those verses. These, meaning these types of people like Kenneth Copeland and Tony Palmer, these are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, meaning a really bad storm, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. See, there's a special place in hell for people that use Christianity in order to get rich or do the work of Satan or serve their own self-interest. I think that's what that means. <clears throat> and again, here's that verse that came into my head. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, which is what you were hearing from Tony Palmer, sounded real flowering, nice and good, right? For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. They're tr he's trying to allure the already deceived charismatic into the catholic under the catholic great whore he's trying to allure them to a whole other level of apostasy 
Through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. That's again, it's the reason I came out of the charismatic church. Because I wanted to get away from all the error I was seeing. Not because I thought I was better, just because I'm like, man, I mean, it's so obvious. We're, we're doing some really unbiblical stuff in this place. <laughs> I tried to point out to pastors, they didn't want anything to do with it. Anyway, um, while they promised them liberty, which is what you're also going to also hear, liberty. Okay, that's what you're hearing from Tony Palmer and a lot of these devils that we're talking about today. Oh, we're, we're going to give you liberty from the cross of Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't need any of that. You don't need any doctrine. Just unite with us and it'll be all great. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. Now, I've said that verse a lot over in the past. And I, I warn people when they go to these churches or if they're going to a church or if they're sitting themselves under any person and they're sitting under them in, a, in like a submissive way, like, okay, this pastor is over to me and he's preaching to me. Beware though, because if that pastor is not led of God or if that pastor is putting out heretical doctrine or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departeth from the Lord. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. See, like, I could go back and look at some of the churches I've been in in the past. And it's like, man, like, at the end, I'm like, why was I staying there? Why was I even there? They were doing so many things that were unbiblical and stuff. And I knew better. And yet I still stayed. I'm saying this about myself. Well, I went there. I willingly put myself in that church. Maybe I was a member of that church. And if you stay in that situation, like I said before, you're going to be brought into bondage. And it's not something that you're seeing. These are like more of a bondage, like a spiritual bondage that you're not seeing. Because you can't see those types of chains, that type of bondage. For, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein, meaning again entangled with the pollutions of the world, and overcome, the latter end is worse than with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And this is really, I think the essence of it is really turning your back on Jesus Christ and going into apostasy and going in, you know, putting yourself under some man or woman who's, you know, your pastor or your spiritual leader or whatever, whatever you want to call him, guru. When you knew the purity of the doctrine of Christ, you knew the word of God. What's the outcome? But it is. it happened unto them according to the true proverb. No, I'm, I'm, let me read verse 21. For it had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit and the sow that is washed to her wallowing in the mire. And dare I say all these people setting themselves under Kenneth Copeland and then letting this Catholic devil come in, it's very, very much like this true proverb. The dog is returned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That's how God views it. And again, I'm not saying that because I think I'm perfect, but 
I'm telling you, that's the way he looks at it. So let's go back to um, the, and I put these verses in the PDF. I mean, this turned into a 21 page. I literally didn't even know I was going to do this study until what I'll be talking about later. I don't know. It's already 12, past 12. Um, that's been going lately for me. Anyway, let's go further. Speech of Bishop Tony. It's the glory. If you accept that Christ is living in me and the presence of God is in me and the presence of God is in you, that's all we need. That's all we need. According, according to this devil, according to this great man speaking great swelling words, alluring through the lust of the flesh and through vanity, these already deceived charismatics. Because God will sort out all our doctrines when we get upstairs. Oh, so as yeah, I mentioned, yeah. we don't need doctrine when we're here on earth. We'll get that all sorted out when we get to hell. I mean, heaven, sorry. Yeah, because that's basically what's going to happen if you think the doctrine doesn't matter. That Luther had, it was only one thesis of the 95. But again, it seems like doctrine has been put to the side and been degraded and made of a lower form only to be covered up on the basis of love. And I'm not talking about love based upon principle. I'm talking about love that is under a charismatic form. So though in this video we've been told to kind of, you know, let God worry about the doctrines, the question is, is doctrine actually important? Well, clearly the answer is yes. But then why is it important? Well, firstly, notice what the Bible expresses about doctrine. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Titus chapter 2 verse 1 also says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. So we're seeing that doctrine isn't something that will be sorted out as he quoted upstairs. Because according to the Bible, doctrine is under the same banner as reproof, correction, and also instruction in righteousness so is this statement right that god will handle all the doctrines upstairs no i mean if we put away doctrine what do we say about verses like matthew chapter 16 verse 12 which says to be aware of the doctrine of yes. the pharisees or about um, revelation chapter 2 verse 14 which says be aware of the doctrine of balaam which caused the children of israel to commit fornication or even revelation chapter 2 verse 15 which says be aware of the doctrine of the nicolaitans which God himself hated. Which, again, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans was basically the basically the start, like the, before the Catholic Church was even created in 318 AD, that was the doctrine of the, of the priest class over the laity. That whole doctrine of the Nicolaitans was, was that, which God hates. So again... The whole way that, now I'm not saying that, you know, where the Bible talks about, okay, there's bishops and there's elders and there's deacons. I'm talking about a domination. I'm talking about this special priest class ruling over the laity is what we're in reference to here in an unbiblical manner. The way the Catholics have everything set up with their flowing gowns and all the garbage and the bishops and the cardinals and the popes and all the hierarchy and stuff. That thing God hates. See, when you come to examine these things, unity is not based upon a charismatic feeling or um, an expression of excitement. It is under the banner of truth. And this is why Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is true. Yeah, Even in the book of Isaiah, notice what Isaiah says as well. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according right. to this word, 
it is because there is no light right. in them. Friends, is it safe to unite under the banner of truth when there's no light in it? No. I mean, friends, according to the Catholic Church, you are actually allowed to bow down to images, even though the Bible... To is idols. And again, they've removed that commandment from their ten from their bible from their ten commandments the catholics they've removed the, the the part about idolatry and split i believe like i said the ninth commandment in two so they still have ten commandments how convenient very clear upon this point showing how we are not to worship images i mean the picture you're seeing right here is showing when the hebrew men refused to bow down to the images even with their lives on the line i mean according to the catholic church they actually proclaim that they admit to change in the sabbath to the first day of the week and thus degrading the law of god i mean the church also teaches that mary was sinless and is a mediator okay so i don't know if he's some kind of sabbath keeper or whatever but that's very clear just key in sabbath in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com that gets into the hebrew roots movement and stuff but um anyway that's a whole other subject sunday versus sabbath i've got i did a whole teaching on that you can key in and, and again, I don't know. This guy may be off the wall, on, but I, the stuff that we're talking about here today, you know. And again, I'm going to go through if I see anything that's that's not right on the money. But again, trying trying to vet through people and trying to glean from them is just it's very very hard because there's so much heresy out there. When the Bible teaches clearly that Jesus is the only mediator, I mean, there's so much things that cause this to fail because of this doctrine that we need to be united under love. When the Bible does not say we are to be united under love, we are to be united under the truth. So to be honest, I'm not buying this belief that doctrine will be handled upstairs because we saw clearly that doctrine is what holds the truth together. And so this brings me to my next and final point. And I've understood that the spirit of Elijah is the spirit of reconciliation to return hearts to each other. This is very important. So in this point, he's pretty much saying that he's bringing the fathers to the sons and the sons to the father. It's another way of saying that we've been separated based upon diversities and different beliefs and that we ought to come back into unity with one another. But it's interesting how he said that he has come in the spirit and power of Elijah and that the spirit and power of Elijah is a message of reconciliation. Now, I do believe that the spirit of Elijah is a spirit of reconciliation. But how does deception work? Deception works when you have truth mixed with error, which equals terror. Elijah did come with the spirit of bringing people back to the Lord, which is reconciliation. But I want you to notice what Elijah also said and see if you think he was promoting division. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long hold ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. If God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, then follow him. That's two directions. That's division. But this is division on a godly biblical sense. Because even when Jesus taught in the book of John chapter 7 verse 43, it says that there was a division among the people because of his teachings. Friends, though there's a lot of things to say on this topic, the main thing I want to bring out is that though things may look charismatic, we must be aware of all these things because Jesus himself said that deception will be so high that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. And I'm not okay, so um, we have that. And that's, he, I think he brought up a lot of good points there. So that I believe, and again, I did 
post this exposed Toronto blessing. I gave you, it's one of 21 because if you click on this link, you should be able to see the other. Or you can always click on the person putting out the video and find them that way. Um, find the other parts there. And, and just in case they don't appear in order is my, the reason I'm saying that. Okay, so we're going to end part one here and we will go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.